Welcome to another edition of the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. I'm your DJ KEV, and that is our resident life coach and host with the most RLJ. And we are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution, where evolution is revolution. Brother J. What's up, my brother? How you doing, man? Hey, man, listen. Um, spring is here. And um, I told one of my clients the other day, I said, I'm 10 toes down instead of 10 toes up. Once my toes hit the ground, the rest is up from there. Whatever happens, whatever my lot. Hey, man, as long as you're not Jerome from Snowfall, man. Bro. <laughs> hey, man, I get it. Bro. I get it. For some reason, when you said that, I just thought about Jerome from Snowfall, man. That joke broke my heart, man. Bro, it was, it was intense. Damn. You get yep. shot in the chest and die like that, and you got a Jerry curl, man. <laughs> oh, the brakes, boy. Whew. It was, bro. I can't hold you, bro. It was intense. Like I was watching, and I was like, "Oh man, man, bro, bro." I, I that that joint broke my heart, man. Then I and then uh, the the following episode, I watched. You know, they they were at the funeral or whatever. I man. haven't seen that. Don't talk about I, it. I ain't gonna say it, but you got to you got to watch it. You got to watch it, man. It's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna be sad when Snowfall goes off the air, man. Because this is the final season, and um, you know, it's it's it's, you know, it's a, it was a John Singletary project. Yeah. And uh, I mean, what John Singletary? He's he's passed what two three years now. I think About it was that? was it he, he died before COVID. I think it was uh, like first during. year COVID. I think during it was, COVID. I think it was during. Yeah, but the, you know the fact that he, you know, he's he's a, he's a he's an ancestor now, and the show is still like it's bubbling, man. It's it's been really really good, man. It's been really really good, man. I um, I I, I really enjoyed the show, but yeah, man, you know, twenty nineteen, bro. It was twenty nineteen when we first got started. Yeah, you know what he did. Yeah, yeah, because we we yeah. had our boys in the hood moment. Yeah, yeah. Wow, look how time flat flies, man. Yo, did March go by fast for you, man? March was like. Did you, do you remember March? Do you remember anything in in the month of March? Bro? March was like, oh, we springing forward. Bet. Oh. <laughs> man, that shit sprung my black ass into, <laughs> <laughs> into chaos and confusion, man. Damn, bro. At least. At least four times a week, I find myself just sitting on the edge of my bed, like, what's today? What's happening? Are we still in March? What time is it? Where am I supposed to be? At least four times a week, bro. And I looked up now, I'm making preparations for an event I'm having in May, and I'm just like, yo, that's that's almost a month away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, man, and that's like you know April Fool, April Fool's coming up, man. I feel like one because I don't remember shit from March. <laughs> man, I don't know, I don't know, man. I don't know about you, brother Jay, but I really do feel as if, um, man, I'm just trying to hold on by the seat of my pants, man. Like this is, this is crazy. Just the, I don't know the pace, life, yeah. life's pace. And it's it's ever changing. Whenever yeah. you think you got it, uh, got a good grasp on it, it changes all the time. And it's, it's it, things are things are always constantly in flux, man. But I I will tell you one change that um that I I, I want to brag about a little bit, brother Jay, before we kind of get into the meter, um, the episode. But God is good, brother Jay, and I have hit the lottery. A couple of times, but nothing, nothing major though. You know what I'm saying? I, not, not like the big Powerball, joint, or even a little percentage of the Powerball, or the the pick five, or the pick four, or pick three. You know, I done hit for maybe six hundred a couple of times. I hit for a thousand maybe once or twice, if, if I'm mistaken. I ain't never hit for nothing to to make you just say, "Boy, look at God." <laughs> <laughs> All the stuff I hit for him, I just felt more of a sinner gambling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know so what I'm saying? They got like, a little yo, sprinkle of luck. 
Yeah, man, you know, because when you lose, man, you a sinner. When you win, that's God, right? <laughs> like, like that's how that's how people kind of frame it. Why you think people pray to hit the lottery all the time, man? But the, so my long story short, I've never hit a lottery number, scratcher, Insta game, casino, anything for something that I would write home about. Be like, yo, man, my life didn't change. Broham, I finally hit my lottery. I finally hit my lottery ticket. But it wasn't by luck, Brother Jay. It was more by sweat equity. Mm. And long periods of time in my professional career where I was underpaid, underappreciated. <laughs> And I, you know, you know, when you're an educator, brother Jay, that, you know, you had those moments. You just like, yo, man. Most of your moments are. Is it worth? Is it worth it? Daily. I mean, you have you have way more moments of you know just impacting the lives of other people and inspiring folks and training and, and coaching and mentoring and and providing them with new knowledge and putting batteries in their back to go out into the world and just be great. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's our duty as light workers. But as an educator, man, there are moments. Especially, you know, after you done paid your rent, your mortgage, um, people think, especially when you're in higher ed, people think you're supposed to just have your summers off and you get to chill, but you busting your ass over a 4th of July holiday trying to get a class in the door. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's moments, you're, and you're just like, yo, is it worth it, man? But recently, Brother Jay, I would like to report that I had my... Student loans forgiven. Look at God. Look Undergrad at God. and a great portion of my graduate student loans. Still got a small thing, but that's something That's something I think between Kevin and Uncle Joe, we'll be able to work out. <laughs> but the public service loan forgiveness program, man. The public service loan forgiveness program, PSLF. Oh, mm -hmm. no, no, I'm sorry. Public, yeah, public service loan PSLF. forgiveness. Yeah, you was right. Yeah, 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 I was right. I was right. Um, and the program is designed for public servants, um, education, uh, public workers, uh, nonprofit employees, mm -hmm. uh, healthcare professionals working in the good of, of the public. And it gives you the opportunity to put in work, at least 10 years of work in a particular field as a public servant, and you have the opportunity to get your loans forgiven after you have accumulated a certain amount of payments towards your loans, and you are employed by a public entity. Mm -hmm. I, thought the, I thought it was BS, honestly, Brother Jay, because it's been around for a minute. The whole program been around for a minute, and I think I might apply it once or twice, Several friends apply, and I've never seen never seen anybody never seen anybody really have any fruit <laughs> from that process. There. Oh, but there's a day, brother Jay. <laughs> I actually I actually spent I would say a good ten hours last year, mm -hmm. kind of looking at my looking at my service record at the different places where I've worked. And reaching out to HR departments and getting documents signed off so I could take advantage of this program. And still, I didn't think, I didn't know, I didn't really have full confidence that it would work, Brother Jay. But look at God, man. Look at God. And so I will say this, man. If you are a public servant and you got student loans and they've been a pain in your ass like they have been for me for the last almost two decades, Hey man, look into it. I'm just saying, I ain't never hit the lottery before, Brother Jay, but this probably gonna be the closest thing to me ever hitting the lottery. Fair. Right here. Even though it wasn't really luck, it was it was me. <laughs> it was, I, I earned it off the sweat of my own brow. Fair. But I just I, I'm just gonna tell you, Brother Jay, when you you get the high five figures on a on a piece of a piece of paper from the United States government. And they say you owe this, and now you don't. 
God is good, man. Won't, he, won't he do it? Won't he do it, bro? Won't he do it? <laughs> so I, I just, I just wanted to uh, do, do a, a praise report, give you a little praise report, man, because uh, yeah. That's good. I, I feel I feel I feel like I hit the cash five, brother Jay. I'll be straight up with you. I feel like I hit the cash five, even though it ain't no dollars in my account. But that's the problem with public education and, and edu- the cost of education anyway. You know, it's it's rising and rising and rising. And we we, we kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. You get the better, you get the better experienced jobs nine times out of ten if you have some level of college education. That's just a fact. Yeah. Your income, your income is is more or better if you have a college education. That's just a fact. Yeah. But I think what gets misconstrued is like, what's the true return on investment and what that looks like for you as an individual. And so you know, this just great debate about, you know, is college worth it? I've been able to, I've been able to, you know, carve out a decent life for myself. I think college is worth it. The student loans, you know, you got to be smart about it for sure. But I also think like if you're gonna if you're gonna pay for college or, or go to college and figure it out, you know, programs like um the PSLF program, um, programs like uh, you know, maybe your employer remission or you know, certain uh school systems, if you sign on for five years, they'll pay off your student loans. Like where there's a will, there's a way. Um, but just, I'm going to put on my college admissions hat for a quick set before we move on, Brother Jay. People ask about, well, yeah, you know, tell me where the scholarships are. And then, you know, scholarships that I don't want to pay for. I mean, I don't want to apply for, I don't want to compete for them. I just want people to give me money. And a lot of times I say, well, what are your special talents? What are your special skills? What's your special ability? And a lot of times people look at me like I'm talking to them like they're supposed to be an X-Man or something like that. <laughs> But it's more so like, yo, you get scholarships for talent. You get scholarships for uh, being special. Let's just call it what it is. Academic, sports related. Hell, if you're an artist, (laughs) dancer, singer, you play in the band, you get a scholarship. It's okay. But the majority of people that go to school, Brother Jay, don't receive scholarships. That's true. Don't receive grants. They got to figure out how to pay for it out of their own pocket or taking on some level of debt, man. My, my, my um, ask of people, especially as we are kind of closing out another school year and preparing for it next, and we got new people that will be on college campuses next fall, do your research, man. Figure out how to take advantage of these kind of programs because where there's a will, there really is a way, man. And like I mentioned, I ain't never hit the lottery before. And I don't necessarily think that's a good plan of action. If you're trying to plan for college, that, oh, I got to hit the lottery by the time it's time for you to go or your kids to go. Not a good plan, man. Got to be realistic. But that's my praise report, Brother Jay. God is good. And uh, reading that letter that said, thank you for your public service and remaining balance zero. <laughs> Hello. Jesus paid it all. Paid it all. <laughs> All to him how <laughs> God is good, man. But I but I will tell you this. They say they say uh God is God helps those who help themselves. You gotta help yourself though. Gotta help yourself some kind of way, man. But God good, bro. God yeah. good, man. Yeah. Ain't never hit the cash five before, but damn it. If <laughs> I feel like it. <laughs> I feel like it, man. I, this is the first time in my life, man. I was like, damn. Ashley, going to college and getting my master's and working, working and getting paid pennies for the first seven years of my career, shit, might have been worth it. Temporary inconvenience for a permanent improvement. Yeah. Yeah, but and it's tough. When you're in certain situations, it's tough to see the the long term. How can I see down the road and I can't even see my way out of this current situation that I'm in? I remember I sat down with my financial advisor for the very first time, and um, this was ooh, this was years ago. He was talking about retirement, blah 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 blah, and I'm sitting here thinking like, bruh. 
you know how much I make. You you seeing all my numbers? Like, I get it. You're supposed to talk to me long term, but right now, <laughs> I ain't trying to hear it. <laughs> right now, I I'm really just trying to get another job so that I don't have to rob Peter to pay Paul. Like that's that's why I'm here. Because clearly something, the math ain't mathing. It's mathing for somebody, but just not in my situation, right? And so I always laugh when we meet up because he'll he'll mention something. And I'm like, now, sir, <laughs> like when I quit my, the job that we both worked at, when I, when I quit that, bro, I didn't know how much money I had in my 401k. They sent me a statement. I was like, oh, <laughs> wait a minute. Y'all was taking that much out my, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I was making more than I thought. But I'm just like, was I tripping when I elected this amount to be taken out? And then when I saw how much the company was, and they matched it, I was like, okay, cool. We in there. And then I was like, mm, I'm unemployed, trying to figure this thing out. Somebody was like, well, you know, you could borrow from your 401k. I was like, yeah. I also know that I can do a complete withdrawal and start all over when I get another job. My financial planner was like, yeah, you don't do that. I said, nigga, I ain't retired anytime soon. <laughs> like, what? That doesn't make sense. Taxes that you got to pay on it for early withdrawals. Yeah, yeah. like. It's, if you're going to do it, though, if, you, if you're going to do it, I think it's it's more advantageous to borrow against it because you usually get like a lower interest rate. It's lower. To pay it back. But you know depending on then your you, situation, you, you still have. But yeah, like you say, shit. Sometimes desperate times calls for desperate yeah. measures. Sometimes too. So in the situation I, I was in, I'm just like, bro, I'm not fitting to retire anytime soon. Yeah. Right. And especially if, you know, the one that I had had to be a certain age to do the complete withdrawal without the penalty. I'm so far from that, bruh. Give me my damn money, like. <laughs> <laughs> It's my money and I want it now. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not looking at the long term. Like right yeah. now, like I'm in a, I'm in a very unique situation. Wasn't expected. Um, but I knew I couldn't stay where I was. And then yeah. what I had coming down the line wasn't what I thought it was. And so I was like, yeah, no, uh-uh, I'm not going from hell into heller. So um, we're going to figure it out. But yeah, every time I meet up with my financial planner, we laugh for a good five to seven minutes. I'm like, all right, cool. Twenty years down the line, where are we talking? That's it. I mean, but you know, you 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 do the best you can, man. You plan you plan now for later. And you know, the crazy part is my student loans were forgiven. So now, now I now I have the means to start that five twenty one. Well, invest more in that five twenty nine plan for my child for my son. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like like this is the game, right? Yep. That's 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 how that's how we invest in future generations. So that he won't have to have shit six figures in student loans when it's time for him to go down the pipe. Cause that part. Dad, 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 dad them been there and done that. That's the purpose of of of, of a father. Yeah, and I I do believe it's you know, now that I'm older. And I, I see the significance of long-term planning. I'm probably more intentional with how I move. Yeah. Um, and I was laughing because someone was sacrificing their quality of living in the current so that they could have a better quality of living in the future. And they were one of my coaching clients. So I said, you are literally like putting yourself on skid row mm -hmm. so that when you retire, you could have. You can live. Yeah. And I said, what you going to do if you don't make it to that? Your health is being impacted by this because you're you are creating anxiety and angst around this. You're mental wellness is suffering. What are you going to do if you don't make it to the point where you can collect on all of the things that you're doing? So life is about balance. Yes. Sacrifice is good, but 
instilling this concept of balance within your financial planning or just like in general, just in life. Like mm-hmm. I'm not telling you to live like you're a millionaire, but you, you out here losing weight, not because like you're going to the gym and you on this, this meal plan. It's cause you are choosing not to eat like yeah. enough food to last you because you cutting your expensive. I got to, I got to, I got to trim down, you know, the excess spending. So, you know, when I retire, I can, no, bro, you out here, like looking like if somebody sneezes on you, you going to break a bone. Yeah, man. I, and that's a, that's a delicate, a delicate walk. Um, because like, I understand people wanting to prepare for the future, but to your point at what cost and what balance is involved. And, you know, just, I, I look at my grandfather as an example, um, he retired from the power company after, you know, 25, 26 years of service or whatever. Um, worked part-time jobs because he just wasn't the type of person to sit in the house. But the crazy part is, like, by the time he kind of made up in his mind that he was going to enjoy retirement, he got lung cancer and died. So to your point, you know, how do you balance it out with, you know, long-term commitments and future planning with also a level of um, wellness in the present? And a lot of times I think, when, especially when it comes to finances, um, finances will run you to one extreme or the other, lack of or excess. Interesting. But, you know, since we're on the topic of, like, establishing and trying to really find balance in life, man, I want to read something to you um, that I, uh, one of my homeboys posted on Facebook. Okay. Um, but I, I, it got me thinking because, you know, we talk about uh, relationships and healthy relationships quite frequently on our show. And I had a thought, but I'm, let me read the comment first. And then we'll get into uh, the back and forth, Brother Jay. So um, then I quote, and I'm, you know, this is my homeboy. So if he's listening, you know you said it, <laughs> but it is a quote. Um, relationships don't work anymore because y'all really do love toxic shit. <laughs> There's nothing normal about arguing all day. Y'all think it's cute to act crazy when they want to lay up. Who want to? Who want to fuck or be around someone who been bitching and starting shit for no reason? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just leave it at that, right? He, he didn't want on to say, you know, you want somebody that you could have peace with and have fun with and someone who's a good friend and someone that pours into you, right? But I think to his point, many people are committed to the toxicity, bro. <laughs> mm. People are committed to the toxicity within certain relationships. You know, if they're romantic relationships, uh, family, personal, professional. And it got me thinking, like, why? And then I, I, I kind of started reflecting on my own relationships, Brother Jay, and and it seems as if um, I, I, have a, I have a precedent of, of having... Um, a series of ongoing toxic relationships, different points, facets, phases of my life. Fair. Whatever. Nevertheless, don't 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 claim to be perfect. Fair. But I I have in in recent in recent years, um, kind of made a commitment to myself mm-hmm. that yo I do, I just don't want to be in toxic situations anymore. I don't want to be in toxic environments. I don't want to deal with toxic people. I legit want to just focus on my mission and the people that I can collaborate with and enjoy and, and share light and love. Let's do it. The people that probably just not, I'm not their cup of tea. They're not my cup of tea. Well, you know, agree to disagree, but it's easier said than done. Brother Jay to like walk away from a toxic relationship, regardless of the, the status of that relationship, man, because I do feel like, We are bred in toxicity. <laughs> like it's 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 a level of comfort. Like the things that we that we see growing up, we adopt it, and it then manifests. And then we think like that's how it's supposed to go. 
But even when you realize or you have that awakening moment that that's not how it's supposed to go, why 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 do we kind of just get stuck or we stay complacent or remain in the environment juxtaposed to, you know, at, at minimum acknowledging that it's a toxic situation, let alone trying to figure out, you know, can you can you mitigate the toxicity and, and, and collaborate within that relationship to salvage it and to grow it? Or is it a situation where it's like, yo, things are just so toxic that I, you, we, 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 we don't need to be together. We don't need to be affiliated. We don't need to be connected or tied. We don't need to associate. We don't need mm. to conversate. We don't need to do anything but be in our individual lanes because when our lanes cross and merge as uh as my boy said who want to argue all day who want to who want to think it's cute to act crazy <laughs> who want to fuck or be around people bitching and starting shit for no reason yo yo that that line right there is hilarious <laughs> that's hilarious because i that's felt i felt the emotion but oh I, yeah oh yeah so there was a few things um You can't call out something if you are so deeply embedded into it, you don't know that you're in it. So <laughs> I remember I remember one of my grandfather's friends, they was talking about something. He was like, well, you know, <laughs> he was like, well, They've been sitting in shit for so long, they don't know what it smelled like. And I, I thought that was the funniest thing as a kid, because this person, yeah. he, he was typically like, he was very nonsensical, bro. Like, this is why they can't do. It's like you, if you've been sitting in shit long enough, you will no longer be able to smell it because your, your environment is now starting to become normal to you so everyone else can see it but because you've been in it so long you won't be able to identify it or recognize it because now it has become a part of your your identity now it has become a part of your dna if you will right and so i think about as you were talking and then you was reading what your homeboy put i think about a lot of individuals and a lot of couples who are paying rent to toxicity. Some have even started paying a mortgage. That bitch come due soon, every month, on time. <laughs> and they ain't never missed a payment, right? It's, <laughs> it's the individuals who are arguing about every damn thing. It's the individuals who... um. Who are very complacent in that space. Complacent and contrarian at the same damn time, though. And and what I realized is that, yes, it may seem toxic to others, but this is normal to me. This is normal to me. And anything that you see normal, you won't fight to get out of. Wow. Think about abusive relationships. If if you grew up in a household where abuse was the norm, there's an expectation that that's how relationships are supposed to be. So right, if you if your parents, caregivers, guardians, they were always fighting and abusive, when you get into a relationship, you're going to mimic what you what you saw, right? Children can't be what they do not see. And so because I saw this and mom and dad did this and mom and dad stayed, well, maybe this is how like relationships are supposed to go. So when you get into a relationship and then you start this arguing and stuff, and then you get confused when the other person leaves you, wait a second. Right. And so something's wrong with them because they're leaving. That nothing's wrong with me because we, we, we've been accustomed to this. For some time. This is normal. This is how I'm supposed to act. This is how I'm supposed to respond. 
Right? I remember talking to a client. And <laughs> it's not funny. So I met with the couple. And then the brother sends me an email. He's like, do you have a few minutes to jump back on Zoom? Yep. So I jumped back on Zoom. I was like, what's up? Everything good? He starts to describe some of the experiences that he has had since being engaged with this with his partner and he was like bro I don't want to point blame he said but we will just be sitting there and life will be good we're watching tv we're laughing and then all of a sudden it's like some somebody in her head says you've been calm for too long fuck it up Right. <laughs> hold on wait 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 i wasn't ready i wasn't ready man. and he was like bro i wasn't ready hold on rewind, rewind about 10 rewind about 10 seconds man just lay that out one more time i so wasn't ready he was like yo life can be good we're sitting there like it was like he literally painted a picture he's like we could be watching a movie life is good everybody's having a good day we're in a good mood we're laughing we're joking watching the movie then all of a sudden she flips the popcorn bowl and just starts yelling. Mm-hmm. I'm confused. He's like, oh, we was just, fit, just sitting here watching Netflix, laughing, talking about what we want to do all day. I mean, the next day. And he was like, and now she got an attitude. She storms out. She's laughing, yelling. And it was like something went off in her head that was like, hey, shit's too calm. Create something. Go off. And... <laughs> So I'm laughing, but I'm trying to hold it in because he's like really sincere at this point. So when we had the group conversation, I'm listening. She brings up the popcorn situation. And I was like, well, what happened? So she goes to describe and blah, blah, blah. Stuff didn't make sense. So I had a one-off conversation with her. And I basically got down to the point of she knew anytime something was calm in her house, she didn't feel safe because the norm was something got to get flipped over. Something has to break. Somebody got to yell. People got to be mad. People can't be talking. Friday night at my house. Yeah. And so when that didn't happen, she didn't feel safe. And I was like, that's, that's real sad to hear that you only feel safe in spaces of trauma and fear because that's what you're used to. And I remember um, went going to school, made friends with somebody that lived in the local community, and they went and they took me to their house for a cookout in the hood. I'm just like, ooh, this is good. Um, and someone was like, yeah, you know, they out there shooting. She said, I typically don't go to sleep until the third episode of Shots. Cause He's I know like, I, that joint is a TV series. Yeah, That's she goes because after the third set, I know everybody done gone to bed and everybody done calmed down. Mm. And I'm sitting here, mind you, not used to that. So I'm sitting there like, huh? That's strange that you just become accustomed to it. To where you know, first round of shots, you know, to not sit near the window. You find a room that they don't have windows or as many windows, and you sit somewhere to where you potentially can't get hit if something comes in your window. The second one, you know, you tend to move because you could, based on where you hear it, you go to the opposite side of the house. And then by after the third one, you can go to bed now. Damn, man, that's surviving. Right. But because we've done it for so long, it becomes a part of who we are. It's now a part of our identity. It's now a part of our DNA. And so if you only hear two sets of shots, she's like, oh, no, something's wrong because I didn't hear the third one. Bro, that blew my mind. And then as I more and more got entrenched within psychology, I'm just like, yo, this is sickening. Transferring that back to old girl that just flipped the popcorn bowl, it was too calm. Her brain was like, no, we don't function like this. Somebody got to yell. Somebody got to be mad. But her partner, on the other hand, he didn't grow up like that. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, we didn't yell at my house. That was a rule. My mother and father said, yo, are we mad at each other? We don't yell. We either we need to figure this thing out. But we what we're not gonna do, we're not gonna yell. So if ever we get to a point in an argument and we feel like we gotta yell, we gotta call for a timeout 
and they had a signal. He said, my mom and dad would use this signal all the time. That meant I'm not walking away from you. I'm walking away from this space because I'm about to yell. And they respected it, and they went their separate ways, and then they reconvened once the emotion was gone. Yo, man, that's buttercup for me, man. That's the that's the that's the safe word for me and my me and my friend, man. It's buttercup. That that means that means that you're my buttercup, but buttercup, this not the time or place Fair. To, to have this conversation. Cause you you got you got a tendency to go left. I got a tendency to go left, buttercup. And it, it's work. It's it's, it's 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 you got to practice it though, man. You gotta put it in the you gotta put it in the practice. You gotta put it in the practice and you have to respect it, right? Yeah. And so yeah. if one person is not used to arguing. And one person, there can't be any calmness in the house. So I started asking the questions, how are you going to bring in a child into this equation? Cool. Hell, man, they got to get through the date night uh, with Netflix and chill with the popcorn first. <laughs> because a child is going to become a product of its environment until they can become a product of their decisions. And so back to the toxic stance, if you don't know that what you are doing is toxic, you won't know to fight to get out of it. What I've also recognized, Kevin, is that individuals who like to dwell in toxicity only keep those around them that support their decision. Like enablers. Yeah. Mm. Right. And then... What's a good example of that? Like, what's a family dynamic that's a good example of that, man? Like, I'm trying to think. Mm. What's a family dynamic that that's like a shit? He's a good man, Savannah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, <laughs> oh man, you got a good man. You got a good woman, that's man. A, that's, she that's, she that's, fine. She work. She yeah. fine. She work, man. She come home and take care of the kids. Blah 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 blah. He's a oh, good she only man, cut, Savannah. She only cuss your ass out and 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 uh, thank you out. Thank you out doing X, Y, and Z. And she yeah. she on your phone because she don't trust you to be outside. Yeah. She cares for you. That's why, right? So she care for you so much. Spaces like that, right? You don't you don't go to anyone that's gonna give you wise counsel because you don't want the wise counsel. You want someone to say you were right, agree with everything that I've done. Yeah, I know I popped off, but I, I'm supposed to because they weren't supposed to do X, Y, and Z, right? And so, anytime you have someone in that group that goes against what you were originally thinking. You cut them off. You remove them because you're making the decision to stay in this space. And I would also say everyone's not dumb. I think there does come a point in time where it's like, you know what? I, I ain't have to flip that table over like that. I think they know, right? Or when they're starting to see other you people. You think it's a level of reflection that takes place at some point and somebody's yeah. like, yeah, I fucked up. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. when you when you are in a, in a space and you see somebody engaging in whatever, and you see how they re react or they respond, and it's different than how you typically would, I think that causes you to ponder, like, well, wonder why they didn't flip the table over. Because I would have flipped the table over. I think there's some thought. Mm -hmm. That happens where you're just like, hmm. Do you take heed? Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. Like, hmm. I like how they handled that situation. They was in public. They had a they had a disagreement. No one at the table, more than two people down, knew that they were disagreeing. They didn't get out of content. I mean, contact. They didn't get out of character. Is what I meant to say. Um, they still showed love to each other and they kept it moving. Versus me, on the other hand, right? Like one of my clients, he was like, "No, I'm the showstopper." That's how she, that's how she said it in the, in a couple sessions. Oh Lord, I mean that that means some furniture gonna be moving. I'm the showstopper. Mm. She said, "And where you show off, I'll show off with you." And I was like, "That might be a cousin of mine, man." <laughs> I said, "That sound like me. That sound like she. That sound like we some kin." <laughs> and I'm I was like, "That's intense." And I'm looking at her husband, and he's. He's very calm, quiet, meek, and mild. Yeah. And so she, bro, went from zero to 100. And I was like, so let me just point out what I've just witnessed. You went to 100, and we're having a conversation around personality and who you are. This conversation didn't require that. Is that how you're showing up in your relationship? 
He was like, I hate talking to her about stuff. Mm-hmm. Something doesn't go well, showstopper. Mm-hmm. We go out to the restaurant, the food is incorrect, showstopper. Oh, this is who I. This is just who I am. Accept it. And that's what she said. She goes, yep. "Well, this, yep. This, yep. This, yep. this is me. This, this is me. This is this is how I was when you first met me." He said, "No, it wasn't this bad." And I said, "I ah. am she, and she is me." <laughs> and she didn't. She didn't feel as if she should change or adapt her behavior. And he was like, "Every situation does not require require tables to be flipped." And I was sitting there. And so she looked. Well. (laughs) Didn't have nothing to say. Well, they just better not try me. And he was like, I don't even know what that means. He was like, I don't feel comfortable going places because I don't know when the showstopper is going to show up. Poor fella. He probably can't can't go nowhere because they're banned. (laughs) Probably so, right? Can't go to family functions because he said she's not the only showstopper. So what do you do when you're in a room full of women eight, nine women that are all showstoppers. What do you do? And everybody's trying to stop the show at different points. He said, what do you do? It's uncomfortable. I stay the hell home. So their family thinks I'm um, I'm antisocial and I don't like them. I don't give a damn. I don't take her with me to my family because we don't do that. (laughs) Like, we uh, Mm -hmm. we don't do that. Not in my, my family's like, yeah, no, we don't do that. He was like, no, my blood pressure in my family, we are low. We ain't got high blood pressure. <laughs> we don't yell. Like all I this, love it. All this shit. He was like, no. So I bring her into That's the, a flex. That's a flex for black people. Man. It my is. family, our blood pressure. Our low. blood pressure is normal, bro. He was like, uh-uh. <laughs> Anybody that comes in, he raises it, they look at me like, don't bring them back. Yeah, yeah. They're not welcome <laughs> in, the, in the circle of trust. And it's, so y- you got to ask yourself this question, like, and we both know individuals that there's always a problem. Anytime you talk to someone, there's a complaint about this. There's a complaint about that. Somebody did something to me. They did this and I can't do this. And it's like, have you ever considered the common denominator? Like, what is in all of these situations? And have you, have you ever taken into consideration, like, Everywhere I go can't be a bad place. So maybe it's not the places that I go. Everyone that I interact with can't be a bad person. So maybe it's not the people I interact with. Maybe it's how I'm showing up. Or maybe it's how I'm providing fuel to the fire. Maybe I need to take some steps back and reflect on like, how do I show up? What is my behavior? How am I going in with these expectations? And does the experience require this? Let's call out the ele- let's call out the elephant in the room, man. Maybe you just love toxicity. Maybe you're just a toxic individual. Maybe you enjoy it. Or maybe you, possible. you don't know how to <laughs> operate without it. And a lot of the things that I, I try with my with my clients is you, if you, if you can't see it, you can't be it. Right. So you don't know that an example, you have a disagreement. You don't know that you can sit and have a conversation with someone without getting upset. That has hurt your feelings. Cause you've never seen it done. So you, you don't know how to, Use the tools of communication as well as compassion to get to resolution. You don't know how to do that. Because you either you either don't have them or you haven't developed them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think everyone has them, right? But if you haven't been shown how to use a screwdriver, right? If you see a nail and the only thing you got is a hammer, you're going to hit any and everything, right? Until you recognize, hey, this is not a nail. This is actually a screw and you got to use a different type of tool. And so, so many of us are walking around hammering anything that looks like a nail because we don't know no better. Mm-hmm. The issue is when you know better, you're supposed to do better. Supposed to. Because you are better. Mm. But there's still a decision to revert back to that which is comfortable And that's toxicity. Hello. And you see a lot of this manifest itself 
right? As we are adults, but it it it's it's stemming from something that happened when we were younger. And typically, anyone that goes against what you find as normal, you remove. Because if you don't, it's going to call you to come out of a place that you are so comfortable in. Your normalcy. You remove it. You remove it because it's unfamiliar. It's a threat to my mm-hmm. normalcy. It's a threat to my comfort zone. You telling me I need to use better words. F you. I ain't talking to you no more because mm-hmm. they want you to be better than what you are. Mm-hmm. So you only keep people around you that's going to allow you to stay in that space of toxicity. And you sit there and you brew and then you wonder what's wrong with everybody else because the problem is with everybody else. And you find random targets to place your anger. You find random targets to place your disappointment and frustration. Someone that ain't got nothing to do with your situation is the reason why you're in this situation. Because they didn't hold the door for me. I had to carry this by myself. I hurt my arm and blah, blah, blah. So now for the rest of my life, I'm mad at this person. Or or I'm going to exhibit the same kind of behavior to, to, to uh, combat what was done to me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's retaliation and retribution. Yep. It's, it's get back. Got to get my lit back. Yeah. And it's that space of toxicity that many people are now becoming comfortable in. I had a conversation with someone the other day and they went from zero to a hundred and I just sat there. And it's like, you're not saying anything. I was like, what, is, what, what would you like me to say? Well, what are you thinking about X, Y, and Z? I'm not, I'm trying to figure out if this situation required the thunderstorm that you just produced. Look around. Ain't nobody else yelling. <laughs> like, out of six people sitting in this space, you're the only one that you got up from the table. You're slapping it like aggressive, like, and everyone's sitting there like, what is happening? You know the ill thing, brother Jay, as you as you just articulated a very good example. I just thought about um, the YG. YG got a song called Toxic, right? Mm. And nice little ditty bop, but it samples a Mary J. Blige record. And I, I just had a thought. I'm like, yo, why is Mary J. Blige kind of associated with a toxic kind of love relationship, or at least her music? Like you, like when you when you th- when you listen to a Mary record. You know how people make the joke? They say, um, if Mary make a happy song, then you know, they don't want they don't want her to be too happy. They don't want the don't, happy Mary. They don't want the happy Mary. They want the sad Mary that I'm going dealing down. with Casey yeah. and breaking down and husband gotta pay alimony to the ex-husband. Because they said that's when the music was good. Yeah, they want that, they want that Mary, right? But I just think it's crazy because we associate all of her great work. Your songs that at the end of the day really do make you feel good, you know what I'm saying? But we talk, we 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 associate it with like, nah, man, we want we want to we want the pain, we want the bullshit. We don't want to sing it. We don't want to sing it about hateration, holleration, man. We wanted to sing. I'm going down. Yeah. Time on my hands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Is that it, is it, is it me or do we like associate Mary J with like toxicity, man? Because we can identify it. Yeah. I, misery loves company. And it took me a while. It took me a while to get to the point where I had to start being more intentional and evaluative around who is in my circle. Because you got a lot of individuals who they, they they just don't want you to be happy. Yeah. Um, because they're not happy. But we all know that happiness doesn't come from without, it comes from within. 
and and a lot of the reasons that people are unhappy is because they are chasing the approval of others that are around them. And it's frustrating because you want a round of applause. You want a pat on the back from individuals that aren't going to do that. And mm. so there's, there's, there's this level of frustration because I'm living up to somebody else's standards or expectations. And they didn't tell me I'm doing a good job. Or I'm constantly trying to prove myself to somebody else's standards instead of setting my own. Or I don't want anybody telling me what to do to hold me accountable. Yeah. Because one thing didn't work. And so now you feel as if you got to be this monster. I'm just going to look out for me and I'm going to get mine. Anyway, I'm a, hey, I'm going to get it how I live it. Ain't nobody trying to tell you how to live, but what people are trying to do is like, yo, level up and be a better human. Yeah. Or, or if, if you're getting in where you fit in, you know, who wants to fit in with toxicity? And I had a former friend who once said to me, she was like, yeah, nobody wants to hang out with me. Everyone's always busy. And then I get on social media and I see everybody all together out at brunch and, you know, so F them and blah, blah, blah. I said, have you ever considered the reason why you're not invited? Bro, I got 12 new names in that minute. Mm. Hence the former friend. And I just looked at him. Yeah. I was like, that right there. This is how you show up anytime you go somewhere. I was like, you show up to show out. You show up, we will be all somewhere, right? We know they're invited. As soon as you see them walking in, they got this look on their face, like they got an attitude. Traffic was bad. They got into it with their partner at home. The kids weren't doing this. My boss did all this. So, like, you bringing all this attitude, and we here to celebrate somebody's birthday. Don't nobody want to deal with that. So now you got an attitude. You slamming stuff down on the table. You getting upset with the wait staff. Rude to the individuals bringing us our food. Send this shit back and do it right. And at this point, everyone was like, yo, even if my food is bad, I'm not sending it back. They're going to kill all of us. They finna crush us some glass and sprinkle that shit in. <laughs> Mm-mm. How was your steak? Uh, it's raw, but it's good. I'm yo, man, you can't go out to eat, man. You can't Mm-mm. trust the sir because you know you know you you know your boy or your girl gonna piss him off. And you got and you got everybody apologizing to the restaurant staff because it's like yo. And after a while, everyone was like yo, we not. Mm-mm. She come over to somebody's house. They end up fighting. Someone was like, she not tearing my shit up. She can't come over to my house. I said, man, that's terrible that you get banned. And especially since you have kids who are friends of kids of someone else in the group, and now their kids don't want to hang out with their with your kids because they know you're going to come, and they know like it's it's bro can't, he, can't even go to Chuck E. Cheese no more. I'm just like man. Somebody was like, we don't even invite her to church no more. Like, and if we see her in church, we don't even sit by her. I was like, God, you so toxic. Don't, don't nobody want to extend. Don't nobody want to open the door for you. <laughs> You're not going to offer them Christ? Nah, somebody else going to have to do it. You so toxic. No, Nobody wants to share the word. What you mean? Bro, I know individuals that will go out of their way to avoid areas that they know she goes in. They're like, nah, I might run into sis and target over here. So I go all the way over here. I'm like, it's never that deep. She was like, right. But, you know, she is only so many times you're going to turn the other cheek. Cause she might have to, she might have to see me if I see her in aisle eight. So I'm just like fair. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, you didn't, have you ever thought about why you aren't invited? Right. And I told you, she gave me all these new names. I was like that right there. Like you don't find a problem with that. F yo, I don't need nobody and blah, blah, blah. Okay. All right, mm-hmm. consider us effed. That's what I yeah. told her. Consider yeah. us effed. Yeah, done that. <laughs> All right, take care. And you know, when I hit somebody with the take care, it's right. Oh, yeah, nah, nah. Your take care way different than Drake's take care. Yeah, take care <laughs> is a period. Like, and you will exist nevermore. <laughs> like, cool. But for her to really think about that she was the problem, it was so 
galactical, bro. Like, where would you even get that from? Like, I'm the problem. Like, what? No, they're the problem. All 28 people are a problem. Like, all 28? (laughs) It's a group of almost 30-some people. Like, nobody in the group wants to deal with you. People stopped going to events that she was hosting because we knew it was about to be some scenes. I was like, this is probably why... And I I did pull her card. When the fathers of her children pick up or drop off, at one point, one person had a third party come with pick up and drop off. Because he said, they won't believe me if I say something happened. So I have a, a bystander, a mediator. And then at one point, he actually had a police officer escort him to the house. I said, bro, that's traumatizing for the kid. He said, bro, there's no other way that I can ensure my safety or the safety of my children. He's trying to balance out toxicity with responsibility and safety. Yeah. Like, so I rode with him once and I, (laughs) dumb, shouldn't have done it. (laughs) I get there and I was like, whoa, it got so bad, bro. (laughs) They were literally, he's outside. The daughter runs. Daddy gives him a hug. She asked him something. He was like, we're not getting into this today. She literally and physically grabs the child. She's like, well, until you do that, you're not going to see your daughter. So the child is screaming. <sighs> He's holding on to the child. Then he lets go because the mother is pulling. They're about to pull the little girl's arms out the socket. That's how hard the mother was. And I'm just sitting there like. So. He makes a phone call. Police officer comes, gets the child. And this is all just to spend the weekend at her daddy's house. Mm-hmm. Do you know how traumatizing that is? Yeah, man. That joint is like, you got to sign in and out like a halfway house or something. Just but, to go spend but, time with your family. But as a kid, like, why yeah. should you, like, the cops are called. Like, I can't go spend time with my daddy. So now, as a kid, you got a reason. Like, well, who's the bad person here? Like, is it me? Am I at fault? Is it my mommy? Is it my daddy? Like, what's happening? To the point where he would get there early. Drop-off was at 4 o'clock. He'd get there at 3.50, 3.45. He would sit in the car and wait. Police officer would come, escort the little girl from the car to the house. It was, bro, It my heart broke. Mm. And, I, and, and I wanted to be like, you don't, you don't think that's, you don't think that's odd that the police officer has to come to your house anytime your children go with their fathers? Yeah. Like, you don't. You talk to other people that have children and their whose parents aren't together, and you see how they're engaging. You don't. You got to have a police escort. You don't find that weird. Mm. Yeah, man. Oh, Brother Jay. I just did But my boy, my boy, my boy is a. Uh... Y'all really do love toxic shit. <laughs> There's nothing normal about arguing all day, brother Jay. And I don't even know if they love it, bro. It may be it's, that's all they know. It ain't cute to be crazy. And don't nobody want to lay up or fuck around or be around with someone bitching, complaining, and starting it's, shit. It's exhausting. But like, like I said, if that's all they know... I remember someone said, I don't know much, but what I do know, I'm going to know to death. So if this, is all, if this is all you know, hmm. it looks like they love it to us, but they don't know any other way. Man, we got to start learning. We got to start learning a new thing, man. We got to start learning how to de-invest in toxicity, bro. Because, I mean, it, people, people got heavy, heavy stocks and bonds. <laughs> invested in toxic environments bro and it's sad because you know these individuals are producing humans producing humans impacting humans collaborating with humans i'm like yo how you show up at work do you are you this way at work that's why you always got to get a new job every nine months yeah that's scary you can't be threatening somebody because they said you know your assignment was late or your project was late you can't threaten to blow up their house that's that's not that's not good And then you're starting to see it in their children. Like, their children take on their toxic traits. 
And so you breed toxicity. And so don't nobody want to be around your nasty ass children either. So it's, toxicity it's, is inherited. It's it's horrible, bro. Ooh. And remember, mm. you're going to become a product of your environment until you become a product of your decisions. That's the break, man. Those are the breaks right there, man. You gotta, yeah. Those are the breaks. That's just what it is. The rubber gonna have to meet the road at some point in time. Hmm. Say that one more time, Brother Jaden. We can close out the show on that. That you will become a product of your environment until you can become a product of your decisions. Mm, let's become a product of our decisions by de-investing in toxicity within our relationships and communities. Mm. On that note, <laughs> in the spirit of sh- shedding light and love <laughs> and combating toxicity from one side of the globe to the other. You've just witnessed another edition of the Game Recognized Game podcast with RLJ and Kev. I'm KEV, that's RLJ. And we are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution. Where evolution is revolution. Until next time, be light. Don't be toxic. And be light. (laughs)